It's been ages since we've done one of these together. It is. It's been a long time. It's probably... Pre-Champions League met, final? Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which actually isn't that long ago, but a lot, a lot has happened <laughs> no, yeah, in, since in the, Well, not, not in terms of transfers, but in terms of the world. Yeah, there's a lot gone on in the last like, six or seven years. What was weeks. your favourite thing that's happened in that time? In, the, in that time? Yeah. Um... Having Jürgen Klopp smile at me at Trester. <laughs> right. Week. Okay. Is there a recency bias there, or not really? Because no, it's of course six weeks ago. It still would be the favourite thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he doesn't know who I am. It seems to be a running theme. This um, first Gerard, now Jürgen Klopp. But I digress. Uh, we're here to talk about Liverpool Football Club. But before we get into that, I have got a fantastic offer from our sponsors for you. Get onto this. I will be using this, Paul. Uh, so one of our sponsors this season, this summer, is Vanarama. Everybody knows they've been driving fan TV all summer long. When you lease a vehicle with Vanarama, Paul, uh-huh. you will receive £100 of Amazon vouchers. It's not an if I lease a vehicle, by the way. It's a when. Of course it's a when. Yeah. We've been in one of those yeah. vans. It was a monster. I actually miss it. I, did I tell you I actually went to pick the kid up from school in it? Yeah. I mean, I just felt like... King the of the road. Best, absolute king of the road. Like, I mean, people were looking at me like, what's this? And I was like, it's a Vanarama van, yeah. of course. Uh, not only that, though, Paul, you get, every time you refer a friend and they lease one, you get another £100. So if I referred you, you then hired one of those vans, I would get £100 Amazon vouchers and I'd get £100 for leasing it. And that, how boss is that? So effe- effectively, basically, lease from Vanarama, and pay money. and basically pay for Christmas. There you go. There you go. Absolutely sorted. And if you want to find out more, check the link in the description. Uh, we're going to get into the kickoff question. Of course, it comes from at Mark Pop Sevens, Mark Evans on Twitter. I like this one because I I think you can go tactical with it, Paul. Okay. If you could pick one player from one of the other top five teams in the Prem to be sold this summer to Madrid, who would it be? David De Gea. Nice. It's a hundred percent David. I thought, and I, and to be fair, I think there's maybe there's, there's a, we could probably go through it and it'd be interesting. But if you talk about one player that is absolutely unequivocally pivotal, that's what you're looking at, isn't it? Really, mm-hmm. if you go through the teams and the rivals, who's the one player that each team can't function the same way without? Um, and I could, you know, I could have picked Harry Kane for that same reasoning, but. I would just love to see Man United have to re-enter the wilderness of having bang average goalkeepers. And they've been there before. I mean, mm. you know, we've talked about it so many times over the over the last few years about the absolute teared goalkeepers that they've had. And not once did we mention Mark Bosnich when I think we probably should have. Yeah, he gets forgotten because he was there was that bad. The man, the man was terrible, <laughs> completely terrible. I um, I I can't really follow that because you picked the right answer. No, but there's but I think uh, there's who would it be for City? For Man City, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, right answer again. <laughs> You've already picked Tottenham's right answer. Yeah. Who would it be for Chelsea? For Chelsea, it would be Kante. Ooh, I would say Eden Hazard for that one. But yeah, fair enough. I can understand why Kante. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you're right. Is that, But he's just as likely to have a bad season and basically not turn up. So you, you know what I mean. He could, he could be he could be crap. He could stay and be non pivotal to them. But that being said, whenever he's crap, Chelsea are crap. So it does it does follow naturally. I mean, should we? I mean, he says top five teams, but should we? Should, should we do Arsenal anyway? I don't think they've got. I think they do. I think it's Aubameyang. 
Yeah. I think we'll see this season Aubameyang have an absolutely barnstorming season for them. But, yeah, potentially. Because he's just a goal scorer. I mean, yeah. he, he he wasn't lighting up the Premier League. He scored like 8 and 11 or something ridiculous like yeah. that at the end of the year. And yeah, I think he'll just improve. So uh, I'd like I'd like them to go back to not scoring loads of goals. Uh, I like the is, fact that you've picked Manchester United in the hair, though. That is the right answer because they fall furthest without him. Yeah. And it's incredibly difficult to replace. Mm-hmm. De Bruyne is such an easy one. Um, I, I like the idea of we've talked about it again just cutting off the top four and making sure that we're in that I think that I think the hair does that mm-hmm. I think they struggle to get back and you know what I mean it'd be a little bit disappointing if he went to Madrid because I'd rather him go to Liverpool the hair yeah absolutely. okay chat yeah <laughs> wouldn't you rather have David have the hair than any goalkeeper sure. in the world yeah absolutely 100% yeah. so we're just going to change the question to Liverpool and the answer is still David the hair yeah uh, okay we're going to get into the news in brief then uh, James Pearce has done what James Pearce does he's just gone full Pearce on us absolutely he's let us run for a couple of days let us frolic in the fields of happiness of transfer bollocks happiness and then he's got yeah that's enough for that lads see I'm fuming with James about this and I will tell him to his face next time I see because I don't want to know who's not on the list of transfer targets. By the way, I'm talking about the baller here because yeah. I've not mentioned it. Uh, Pierce has rubbish the reports that he's a transfer target. I want to know who's on the list. Yeah, I don't want to know who's off it. I want to know who's on. So James, if you've got if you've got the list and you clearly got the list because you know who's not on it, yeah. tell me who's on it. Mate. You're clearly being brief, James. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, this is it. But this is, this is how this is how transfers work. Now is that we've got the only people who know the list are random ITKs who've got mates within mates within mates within the club. The, and then all the journals knows who it's not going to be. So you've got to kind of detective work your way around that. That's why it's dead hard is because there's just no... Fucking Batman is looking would be looking for clues here going, I'm not really sure. Not really sure on this one. Um, we, would have, we would have the world's greatest detective stumped because... There's no fingerprints. No one's left a muddy footprint outside Melwood. Um, you know, there's no license plates, partial license plates. Do you think check. that's how we find out about Van Dyke? We saw like a size 15 boot in the grass outside Melwood and went, that can only be Virgil yeah, Van Dyke. Absolutely, they were taking like uh, paint flakes from the uh, van that had obviously sort of like maybe they scraped the wall on the way. As, you know, this is it. He bumped his head getting out of the small plane that he came in and ah blood. Just, we've just got, with this, you know, CSI, which would be sat around going, not this week, lads. Sorry, maybe flick over see if Jag's still on because we haven't got a we haven't got a clues done this because literally I'm dead sorry we haven't got there's just no evidence there is no evidence for us. And for, the, for those people who don't know how these journalists get in contact with the club about stuff like that, I think a lot of people do speak to like the press officers and stuff like that, but the journalists can't go to the club every single day. I think that's something that they that, that people don't realise is yeah. that you're not phoning the club up as a journalist every day and going. Mm, you're interested in this guy. Yeah, they have to. I think what the journalists do in the Liverpool scene is they see a story. Is it corroborated by reliable reports? And then when they get something themselves, they go to the club and ask them to well, deny it. They've got the or that you know they've got their sources. Good good journals in the northwest scene have worked their way up. You know they 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 they've gone from they know they just know people within within the setup. You'd always have to have as a journalist, you've got to have two sources to be able to report on something reliably, um, and they will go to the sources that they have, and those sources will either go hmm, yes or no, and it depends how, how how willing to talk those sources are, of course, and then ultimately they will then go to the to the to the club and, and do it. But I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. There's not James. a guy. There isn't a guy who who 
he's just there to answer the transfer through things. Just you sitting know, at the phone waiting yeah. for a journalist. Just, to Matt, just, 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 just Matt McCann stressing in front of his mobile phone, like you know, which is actually not too far from the truth, to be fair. Um, but this is, you know, yeah, I think this whole we, we joke about it, the briefing stuff. I think it, it, it is what it is. The the problem is the, this Dabala stuff, and this is what we're left with at the moment. We are our only our only clues to Liverpool's transfer business is. Has the club actively denied it or not? And if the club actively hasn't denied it, then it's on. And that's why people were getting excited about the ball. There was nothing in that. There was just nothing in that whatsoever. Complete and utter bollocks and fabrication based on the knowledge that people know that Liverpool were after an attack in mid. And Ronaldo was going to Juve. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, whereas it's like if we sign, like if we sign for Keir, it doesn't mean Salah's going. Yeah. It just means that we're, we're trying to be better, better, be better. As I said to you before, if you told me Higuain was available, that's more believable. I'd be like, yeah, because you sign the sign of Ronaldo. Ronaldo's more likely to play up front, isn't he? You know what I mean? Absolutely, so, yeah. uh, especially in that Juventus side. I can't see him playing in the same position as the Barla. That's for sure. Um, one of the things that I think James has done in this in this regard is he's probably rang them up about V there about two minutes before the Dybala stuff broke <laughs> and he's put the phone down he's picked his phone up and seen Twitter and gone ah yeah, yeah. don't call don't call me yeah. I've got to wait two days now and that's probably why he's waiting yeah it's two like days. I mean I'm not I don't I'm aware of like a, I think it's a mechanic in like Candy Crush where you can only play for so long and you've got to wait a time for something to read it's mobile game in, in a general sense and it must be that he's like is that still going Candy Crush probably yeah I don't uh, think it is because my wife used to play it and she doesn't now she bothers me. Clocked it, mate. <laughs> um, there's, there's, there's I have lots more jobs around the house now that Candy Crush is done. She's, yeah, you need to find what's the what's the next Candy Crush. Let us know in the comments if you would be yeah, so kind. Absolutely. There's one. Matt Mervis is into this one where you, you do like interior design, but there's a Candy Crush element, so you build up points in the Candy Crush style game, which you then spend on furniture to design a little <laughs> room. So honestly, like, honestly, earning a mates in work and all, all bang over this and they, get, they show that they're... they're Have the you seen me pillowcase that no, I've designed? No, but honestly, but it's like, you think about it, was in a day back a day, Days gone by for us, it would have been, have you seen me Sim City or have you seen me theme park? Well, I remember printing off my CM2 squad list and showing me average ratings to everybody in school. <laughs> exactly. Carsten Yanka banging in 45 yeah, goals in a season with an average rating of 8.43. This is exactly, this is this, that's the equivalent of our respective wives have in this, in this regard. And, um, Seems to keep it happy. That's fine. Well, um, but this is the point: is that yeah, he's, he's obviously made the phone call, and he's been he's like, it's like he's got, he's now got a, a two day countdown until he can phone <laughs> Liverpool back up again for more stuff. He's like, fuck's sake, um, yeah. absolutely got it. I tell you, someone else who's been rubbishing rumours all summer long, and that's David Maddock from the Mirror. Uh, mm. He came out a couple of days ago and said that you know we're not interested in Vida, um, Croatian centre back who actually is Dejan Lovren's partner on the international stage, and Jack Grealish from Aston Villa. Uh, he's also said in the same tweet that we are still after a versatile attacker and that is a priority I think everybody knows that don't they it's yeah. just who it is Paul yeah that's exactly the point and I think that's what we're seeing right now is that there is and he's just he's probably just added fuel to the fire not in terms of pure you know us finding out who it is but there's going to be there's going to be football clubs. There's going to be agents. There's going to be friends of footballers who are looking to make a, make, you know, make a move or make a name for themselves or whatever. And there's, it's quite clear that that's that there's a big hole in Liverpool's transfer business this summer. The, it's the it's a Fakir shaped hole. Whether that is still to be filled by Fakir, God knows. And or at this point, who, who cares? Um, but you know. It just it just presents an opportunity now, and that's where that Jack Grealish stuff is all day long. Someone's gone. People recognise his name still, 
Remember him? He was he was thought of as being a hot talent. By all accounts, he's rehabilitated himself a little bit last season with Villa. Um, again, massive Alan Partridge style shrug. Mm. Um, but this is what this is what we we're on for right now. Not nothing that we're seeing here looks legitimate. The Grealish stuff, as Jay's been been knocked back. That's the Dabala stuff being knocked back. We're just entering into the world of of being in a real stretch at the moment. Which going back to what I said earlier. In, in a perverse roundabout way only means that the Fakir stuff is still the, remains the most likely of the options because it's still the only concrete link we've had to that type of player that's it and that, that's the thing that's baffled me really because I, I, I still don't think that we'll sign Fakir for the reasons of his knee uh, and failing the medical and stuff but the longer this goes on with no other names being linked it does make you reconsider your position, or my opinion mm. of actually. I wonder if Liverpool are just trying to screw the price down a little bit on this yeah. one. And you know, I talked about this last week, and I won't give the full analogy, but you know, it's like when you buy a house, isn't it? And you come back and you get the um, you get everything that's wrong with it, the yeah. survey, and then you go and you knew what was wrong anyway. You go back and go, well, I want another five grand off, and they go, well, okay, and that's kind of maybe what Liverpool are doing. That's I, the only I thing said that I could think. I said exactly the same when this all started. Was that the, the, the house buying analogy is absolutely spot on in that regard? People try to use it as like a car buying thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, you could use buying anything if you really wanted to, but the house buying is, is that one because of the whole survey thing. You get that back and you go, and you, maybe it's something you didn't, but maybe it is something you didn't know, and you come back and you go, well, there's issues with damp or whatever. And you go, well, let's let's take a spin and. It's worth pointing out, obviously, by the time people are listening to this, people will have a clear idea of what whether France got through to the, the World Cup final or not. But still at the World Cup, you know, it was still made clear by uh, Orlas, the, the the Leon chairman, that he, you know he'd set the deadline. Nothing more was going to happen until after the World Cup. Anyway, he's now chatting wow about how uh, he's got like a father son relationship with. He sounds like the most. Brent style figure, I think, in, in world football. You know, I've got a father son relationship with all of my players, and you can see yeah, them all going, Not a chance. In fact, I'm trying to think, obviously, is being Leon's is, yeah, is Memphis Depay at Leon? Is that Because he was, was he the, do you know anyone know? Because we did a clip on this in social a couple of while back. There was a, a clip of Memphis Depay, and there was a guy, and I had no idea who the guy was at the time, but he was basically saying about he'd tie him that he'd be here for a, he'd be here forever, and Depay nice. did like this, like. Look down the lens of also like the Jamie like, Carragher on me touching my leg. Look. The fuck's he doing? The fuck's he thinking there? Um, so it might be that same fella, which is which just goes to show he's a okay. total fucking. Cat. So that's the that's the news in well we, we we call it news in brief, but it wasn't really very brief. Um, all that to say, nothing's really happened since last week's news in brief, uh, other than uh, an emerging story today. If you put any credence in it whatsoever, coming from a spore in Turkey, which. You know, means that I don't put any credence in it whatsoever. <laughs> uh, that why now them actually wants out of Liverpool football club and wants to have first team football. And Fenerbahce could be the team to offer him that. Paul, Com- I put it to you. Complete and utter horseshit. Complete yeah. and utter horseshit. This is not. Jurgen Klopp loves Genie Wijnaldum. Absolutely loves him. He's the guy who, for me, and I, I did speak briefly about this uh, on the new show um, on Tuesday. Everyone thinks Jordan Anderson was no good, but now people are coming around to the fact that Jordan Anderson's really good. Yeah. I think it's the same with Genie Wijnaldum. I think people forget about what he does for that side. Yeah. You know, not every player is going to be your Cristiano Ronaldo or your Lionel yeah. Messi, but you need your Busquets in the side. Yeah. And Genie Wijnaldum's one of those players who, who keeps the ball moving. The people, it's mad how we exist in a world where there's people who just who don't rate Henderson and they don't hate 
why they don't rate Wijnaldum, and yet they probably think Ivan Rakitic is the greatest thing in footy, or they love Busquets, or they love you know they're going about these places. You know, there's just clubs where Barcelona is a prime example of this. No one outside of Barcelona's front three really scores goals in that Barcelona mm-hmm. side, and they haven't done for ages. Iniesta's has been known to score goals. Avi got goals, but none of them scored masses of goals season on season, particularly once they hit upon the hole when they had the Neymar, yeah. Suarez, Messi front three in particular. Because you didn't need to, you just get the ball to them guys and that, that, that that's the thing. deal. Yeah, you, you, but you need people to facilitate it. You need to do the things that you need, the, the cogs to make the machine work. That's not very sexy, but it is what it is. Um, so no, I, I wouldn't, I mean, look, we might find a situation uh, in a year's time where Gini Wijnaldum might feel that he needs to, to move on or whatever. But look, I just think, based on what Liverpool have achieved, no one's going to, having gone from being a vital cog in a team that got to a Champions League final, no good footballer goes, well, that's me done. Yeah, He's not giving up now. Yeah. He's played 50 times last season for Liverpool Football Club. And he's going to be, he's the incumbent centre midfielder along with the other lads who are there. And he's going to be looking at James Milner's in exactly the same boat, by the way. Yeah. He's sitting there going, you're going to have to work hard to get into this side because mm-hmm. we got to the Champions League final. And I know you're a good player, Fabinho. And I know you're a very good player, Naby Keita. But we're good players too. And if that's, that'll put a little bit of fire in the belly. And I would expect them to come back and be even better at the start of the season. Um, so I, I, I don't put any credence in this room no, whatsoever. Uh, we're going to move the on. Only, before we do, actually, the only other thing that was that was mentioned today was Paul Joyce talking about uh, Harry Wilson. And the new contract. Yeah, and more the, the loan stuff that he reckons he will go out on loan, which is just seems mad to me that, 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 it, would be, that it would be hinted at now. You know what I mean? Like I, it just feels like one of those situations where I, I still, I still maintain have this conversation in a month's time. That's the thing. You're exactly right. Why not look at him for the entirety of pre-season and see where his standard is? Ultimately, you know, we've been in training now since the first of July. It's about eight, eight days, something like ten, nine days. Sorry, uh, at time of recording, nobody's playing at the, their true level yet. Yeah. So surely you get them up to their two level, find out where that is. I'd be disappointed if he didn't get America, you know, yeah. to, to to show what he can do. And um, it's one I, I remember, and we will crack on with the other stuff by the way, because we've done a lot on Harry Wilson in, in the last in the last few days. But I remember speaking to the under 23s manager Neil Critchley last season, and I was talking to him about the development of players. And Harry Wilson wasn't really on on, on the radar at the time. It was a bit more about Brewster, and it was about Ben Woodburn and what have you. And he and he he brought up Marcus Rashford, and basically said, like, we saw him play, and he wasn't even on our like on the radar as being one of their best players. He wasn't like he was just another Man United player. Um, no one looked at him and went. It's not like when Michael Owen came up through the Liverpool he ranks help but and he was ba- we were basically jettisoning young lads who were playing in his position because he just reset the bar for what you needed to be to be good enough to play in that team. Marcus Rashford hasn't been hasn't been doing that, but he he, he ended up getting a getting a chance and he's he's took the bat on and he's ran with it and that's I I don't know mate look ultimately I want to see one of our young lads get a real go and I and I want it to be one of the front three lads. It could well prove to be Brewster, mm. but I want it. I want to see one of Kent, Wilson, Ojo, or Brewster be our, whether it's our fourth choice or our fifth choice or what or six, whatever. In in one of the six, if we're talking two for every position, I want it to be in that six in contention for the for the front three, so that we can. Just I, I I miss it. I miss having a young lad that we can get excited about. And look, if they're not good enough, they're not. I guess they're not good enough, but. 
That's the, that, that, I, that's I the thing. That and, and, you know, I think what Jürgen Klopp's view on this will probably be, and, and listen, I don't know what Jürgen Klopp's view will really be, but I think he looks at it and goes, will they develop quicker here or somewhere else? Yeah. And if the answer is somewhere else, it truly doesn't mean the end of his Liverpool career on mm-hmm. loan with Jürgen Klopp. I think that's one of the things that you've got to take into consideration because Harry Wilson might get in and might get a few games, but will he be a better player for going away? And, you know, if he's sixth choice and he gets five to ten games, but he gets 30 to 35, 40 games somewhere else and comes back another year ahead of schedule than he yeah. would have been at Liverpool, then it makes sense for no, Klopp you're right, to does, go, yeah. you know what, this is a, is a better move for him. And ultimately... Liverpool have got to succeed now and I think that's the other thing as well and can we afford to have these guys learning on the job um, during a hopefully a Premier League title challenge yeah I mean like I said I wouldn't want him being the un- the, the one and only backup we have to Salah and Mane is Harry Wilson that would be a concern but if you've got another who's let's say James Jacuri plus another that for me that's absolutely ideal I, I just hope we do I, I hope we're not soft with this stuff because the Woodburn stuff was a mistake hmm. to some extent. You know, he, he probably would have benefited from going out on, on that loan, but and and I just don't think he was ready to make the to do what he's saying. I don't think if we'd had a problem, he would have been right yeah. to solve that problem anyway. But you've got to hope that one of those lads has got something because you do sometimes it is just luck. Luck presents an opportunity with you, and if we're leaving ourselves in a situation, we just don't have those players available to us. Like you can't recall lads anymore from loan. So yeah, be interesting. Okay, we'll move on to some pre-season expectations and predictions. Then Um, we've talked loads about Liverpool's pre-season and stuff, but I don't think we've ever actually asked the question, or anybody's asked the question: what What is a good pre-season for Liverpool, Paul? A good pre-season is simply. Getting through it with no injuries, yeah, with no major injuries, so that you you get to you get to practice, you get to get fit, you get to bo- rebond the team, you get to integrate the new lads. Everyone gets to feel a little bit of positivity because they get to see what well, how good the new lads are, and then we come out of it with our game plan, fit, firing, and ready to go. That completely and utterly did not happen last summer, and that was a result of two injuries, one real and one fake. Mm-hmm. Um, losing Adam Lallana. The week before the season started was a nightmare, and Phil Coutinho decided he had a back injury slash didn't want to play for us was it was a big problem. So, if you can do that, I think Liverpool for this this preseason in particular, we need to be able to come out the traps. We need to start the season like we ended last season, and I, I don't think I don't think you can get lucky with that. I think you can grind results out at the back end of the season if you need be when everyone's up to speed. We really need to come out and take. If we take twelve points from twelve, we've got a, a title challenge. How on our hands. how does that view mesh with the fans' view of a good preseason? Because I think they, I think you've taken a very, you know, you've looked at it as a whole and gone, well, that's it. But when you take it game by game and you watch these games, and let's say, listen, was it nil nil we drew with Chelsea last season? In the preseason, I can't remember the results in America. Oh, two years ago in America, yeah. when we had those and the AC Milan game, the ones that we went to, that you can't remember the scores of either. But I remember being really disappointed on a game by game basis when we went to those because you didn't see what this Liverpool side could have been. Yeah, you know, the, the, we always say performance or results don't matter in preseason. Ultimately, it's down to Jurgen Klopp at the end of it, isn't I it? I wanted a that, the Chelsea game. I do. I, I, I couldn't tell you the score, but I remember it, it was a draw, and I, and I remember the 
the feeling was more it was more for the fans we were with so we, we you know we were with the uh, the LA Reds and they were they were just amazing and they were and they were bouncing and they were singing all game long and I wanted us to win for them mm-hmm. um because it was a bit anticlimactic because the day had been amazing and all the build up to it and all of this and, and that and just, you know but it's like anything you take it's like if you take people to you know if you take your kid to Anfield for the first time you want them to see it a win so that they go away exactly you know you want them to come away with that feeling that's not impacted the support of any of those guys by the way but it is what it is it's very difficult to unpick that as a fan and that's the problem with 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 pre-season games is that we that's on us if we we walk away from a pre-season game disappointed that's our fault. Yeah. That's not the team's fault. Because for all we've fault. been told, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We still think it matters. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere down the well, line. Well, that's it. Because we're fucking stupid. You know, it used to happen where I remember we used to play. We used to go to those Swiss training camps, and they'd be, those games would be played in front of like six people and a dog, literally. Um, they'd be played on a, tr- a basic some of the early Europa League ones would be exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, quali- Rabbit Nick first qualifying round. Um, but the but that's the point is that those games, you know, we we're not too far removed from the fact that like. Premier League games never used to get televised, yeah. and now preseason games get televised. And Liverpool do this to themselves by by giving it the full bifters and going going down the route of, of making sure all the highlights are available, and treating them like Premier League games exactly. And um, but we do need to remember you're dead right. This should almost be like a code of conduct for how to how to watch and judge a preseason game and just be like nothing. None of this, none of this really matters. Always look for the positives in the players that you're watching. Um, try your best to try your best to enjoy it. Make sure you've got something else to occupy your attention if you get really bored. And uh, and, and ultimately, yeah, just f- make sure you you just get on with it. Stay off social media if it doesn't if, if they don't win, and so on and so <laughs> forth. So yeah, I think expectations. I think what you're kind of driving at is I think expectations have gone up. Um. But they, sh- they really they, sh- they shouldn't do because you, you, you games- said it right. It's about starting the Premier League season strong. I think Manchester City for me had it far too easy last season because they were the best team in the league by a country mile. Mm-hmm. But because of that, they never felt pressure. So what did those guys? They've all won Premier League winners medals, but have they felt the pressure of someone breathing down their neck? Can they have a, if they have a bad result? in the first five games and Liverpool go out and win or another team how do they respond to that because they didn't have that last season so for me I agree with you it's about starting the season strong it's about making sure that we are the same Liverpool side that ended the season yeah I think we're I think we're we'll see and maybe because obviously Klopp changes his approach slightly as we uh, you know as he's gone on as a Liverpool manager I've got this sneaky suspicion that the way he's going to approach this season is the same as he approached it after the Euros where we're going to go for it big time here. We, I don't think we're going to see rotation in quite in the same way. Or if we do, we won't. I think we might double down. This is why maybe this just goes into the whole kids thing. Why we might be prepared to take to take Shakiri and maybe stun to Harry Wilson's growth for a season because we'll worry about that when we get there. What we really want is we know we have to rotate, but. We don't. We don't want to rotate. We're not. Or maybe. And maybe Sturridge as well. By the way, or maybe Origi. Why these lads are maybe look. Are maybe back in the fold, because we're not going to gamble on a, on Solanke or an Ings this season. We're not going to drag someone across the line because when we rotate someone in, we know we need to know that they can score goals yeah. and and create goals. Um, because I do. I think you know. I think we'd have won the league two the the season Chelsea won it, but they were just a much better squad. 
much better, much much more experience of being successful at the top end, and they had none of the European stuff the same that we did, and they were just able to just keep that early press going because that league was won by mid January. Yeah, easy, and there's a, everyone's legs are going to fall off this season. I think Spurs are going to be absolutely fucked this year, and I've said that for a few years, but their lack of squad depth I think will come back to haunt them, particularly because of the Harry Kane factor playing for in in the Euros this year. The Euros, the World Cup this year, etc., etc. So, I, I do. I feel like this is that's what it's all about. It's about making sure that we can go big for the it, first half and then see how we see how we survive. I was going to ask you about Kite and Fabinho and what you expect to see from them lads before the season start. But sort of continue what you were talking about there. Is that why it's so massively important? You think that Liverpool got these lads in and they weren't playing in the World Cup? Is that these lads can be fit, firing, and ready to go on day one of the Premier League season? I, well, absolutely. I think I think it's tricky because. In no world do you expect Jordan Henderson and Trent Alexander to not Trent Alexander to not be in the beach by now. <laughs> Let's be perfectly honest. Um, so that I think that has a, that's hampered. But the Fabinho thing, it maybe it, it maybe doubles down the importance on getting him mm. up and running as as much as you can because Jordan Henderson he doesn't need it, but you, you've not got control over Jordan Henderson's fitness this season. Unfortunately, so you need to get the, the other guys. And it looks like he's teetering on the brink as well with a, a potential hamstring injury. I think he'll he, he's going to make it. For well, he's been game. training, hasn't he? So fingers crossed. That's fine. But, but it's a little bit of a concern as a Liverpool fan to see that actually already the season's not even started. His body's like, oh, okay, this has been a really long season for us, and he's so important. I think people forget how important this lad's going to be this I, season. I think what's been encouraging is how fit Henderson's looked in them games yeah. anyway. So that's probably you'd like to hope that's just. It's one of them. It's a it's a niggle the way that you pick, you would pick that up regardless. But no, you're right. I mean, he'll he'll get three weeks off when he when he when he comes back, and then we'll have to deal with that. But you, what what was great, and, and I think this that's been the big difference this preseason is look how many players we had. Twenty six lads to pick from. Now you, you could maybe make a case for five of them probably Mark, nowhere, Richie Randall's, yeah, nowhere exactly. near what what you know they, they, they might as well not be there. They're just there to help in training more than anything else. Um, but we've got a, a very competitive squad there. If the season had to start, you know, you, you okay, yes, we don't have our front three. That would be a major, major, major concern. But in terms of the engine room of that side, that's there. Yeah. And we know what the front three can do. We know what their sort of synergy is and how yeah. they move together. I mean, that's not going to that's not going to stop for yeah. them not playing together. These guys know how to play together. It's the lads behind them that I'm really, you know, I really want to see kick on. And I think, you know, obviously Alex Oxley Chamberlain's going to be a big miss at the start of this season. But having Wijnaldum, having the likes of Henderson, Adam Milana probably going to be getting minutes under his belt at Tranmere tonight as well. These are lads that I can't wait to see. And it's going to be a big preseason for so many Liverpool players. Uh, one final question on pre-season for you Mr Machin uh, before I tell you mine tell me one thing that you think Klopp will do this pre-season that will surprise us as fans um, that will surprise us as fans oh god I <laughs> it'll probably be something like we start knocking back offers for Daniel Sturridge and everyone who's totally and utterly bought into this idea that he's gone all of a sudden I, I think he turns around and says right no guarantees over Fekir, and we're not going to get a pre-season for him anyway. Uh, Oxford Chamberlain's out till mid-season, so Daniel, you're going to play. You're going to be our under. You and Lalana are going to fight out for that, for the for basically the Alex Oxlade Chamberlain role in this side for half a, for half a season, and we'll see how you, and we'll see how you get on with that. It, it's never going to happen, but it would be funny if it did. Okay, I think that um, Jurgen Klopp 
agrees to sit on these couches with us, and that's his big surprise um, in pre-season. It's got nothing to do with the players, but I would really like it if Jürgen decided to just, you know, come just on. Jürgen, if you're listening, it's pop the, offer's all, the offer's always there. It's uh, interact at theredmantv.com. If you do want to reach out to us and uh, organise yourself a space on that couch We should probably there. do it via between, like a goal between, celebration video, really, shouldn't we? Because it's the thing he's most likely to watch. <laughs> also, the, sp- the way you are sitting is between me and Paul. We're not letting you sit on a different couch. I'll be really uncomfortable at the moment, but yeah. Fine. If he wants to sit something, I'll let him. That's, that's absolutely fine. Um, okay, um, before we get into your questions, uh, we are going to be live in Dublin on August the 3rd, and I am so excited for this. We've done a live show uh, already this uh, year. We did that one in Sound in Liverpool. We did one back in the last year, in, oh, mid, in fact, pre-season last year in Berlin, which was absolutely incredible, and I cannot wait. The night before Liverpool play Napoli, uh, we will be live in Murray's Bar, in Dublin if you want to get tickets to that they are selling fast so please do if you're interested get your tickets early it's bit.ly forward slash capital letters rmtv dub dub uh, get over there get your tickets come and see us what have we got planned so far Paul for the live show so basically those of you who've been to the ones before will get a rough idea of what we do but we, we we don't do these very often, if I'm perfectly honest, because we expend a lot of energy doing these things um, and we like to keep them as exclusive as possible. So, look, the fact of the matter is the Reds are going off big time in the game the next day. Uh, we want to make sure that you've got nothing left in the tank by the time you get to the ground. Uh, we've got to get ourselves up the next morning. At the very least, what we try to do is make them as intimate as possible um, in a non-sexual way, but it can go that way sometimes. Um, making sure that you've got time to hang out with us and have a chat and stuff we'd obviously do a bit of the the prerequisite footy chat but then it's just fun and games having a laugh doing some stuff that gets you all involved gets everyone up and down and, and dancing and singing bit of live music as well get all our vocal chords perfectly warm i do like to jump off the stage as well chris does like to jump off the stage warning um so yeah lip do come down and join us as chris says we what we do is we look we again we've done it in the past where we've gone to like massive venues and although the tickets have sold like really really well i just don't like the big venue vibe Mm. We've, so we did the sound one and we did the one in Berlin last year and people have seen the video clips probably but we'll put them out there again just small hot warm sweaty, sweaty. Uh, getting stuck into it and then getting right Loads of in our faces and uh, yeah so basically Chris is not Chris is not wrong get your tickets sorted now because they will be gone before you know it. if it's one of those things where you're like um and 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 just get your tickets sorted come over hang out with us you will not regret it you have an absolute Belter of a night, I guarantee. Okay, we're going to get into some questions then. Uh, Ekam Roop Singh Chagar uh, says, My question for the podcast is Can I just ask, had you, you practiced? No, I just looked at it for the first time. Wow. Um, I, I probably couldn't say it again the same. Akam Roop Singh Chagar. Oh, yeah, go ahead. There you go. My question for the podcast is Do you think Liverpool need to break the bank and go after someone big in the transfer window so we can start winning trophies again? Five years without a trophy, six, is unacceptable for a club like Liverpool. Can I just. I know he means well here, but can we just get out of this notion that like, the, like the reason Liverpool haven't won trophies is because we haven't signed dead, dead expensive players. Like, but what else would you moan about? Well, I know exactly. Find other things in your life to moan about. Like, here's the thing: I get the notion of this, and I would love Liverpool to just go. We've got 142 million pounds from Philippe Coutinho. Let's go and spend 142 million pounds on someone absolutely fucking amazing. Um, it's just not going to happen. Liverpool, I think, will go big. I wouldn't surprise me if we went if we had another 
I don't know we'll break how our many transfer times records. We, how many times have we broken our transfer well, records? This time last year, we were sat here, and I, I think I predicted like four times we would break our what was then existing transfer record. And in a roundabout way, we've kind of yeah, done well, it I in mean, the we've, we've hit over 35 million, which was the Carroll one for Salah, for Van Dijk, for Keita, Oxley Chamberlain. Right, the order might be slightly skewed. Exactly. But so. It, that's it, you know. We, I, I think Liverpool have got, will will have another big transfer in them, I'd imagine. So because clearly there was fifty odd million pound there ready for for, for Keir or whatever. All this stuff doesn't bother me anymore. You know, the, the price of the player is not 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 as important as all that. I think it's just. Can I change this question for you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Has Liverpool got a squad to win trophies now? Uh, yeah. Okay, when well, we don't need to sign someone massive to win trophies. Exactly, because here's the thing, and I keep going back to this. We well, that would be nice. Yeah, exactly. I, look, I don't, I don't, I just don't, I don't ascribe to the notion that Liverpool haven't won trophies because of because of the, the, the amount of money or the names of the players we've bought, because we've been to finals, and maybe you could look. There's always going to be the the it's logic. fine margins it's, in finals. Yeah, exactly. It's specious reasoning to suggest that having this imaginary player gets you over the line. Yeah. Um, the point is, you can lose individual games of football. It's just becoming. It feels like a pattern because it's starting. Because it, we've now lost a number of finals back to back. But I keep coming back to it. We lost the League Cup final to Man City on penalties. You know, we we lost a, a, a winning position against Sevilla after the legs fell off of, of our team because Origi got crippled two weeks before the, the final, etc., etc. Which seems funny to say that now, of course. No. And you know, and again, the Champions League final. What was what it was. What it's about is that it, it, what it's proven is that we can we can consistently get to finals. And if you can just consistently get to finals, eventually, <laughs> you, eventually you're just going to win the last game, and okay. eventually you're going to do uh, it. We're going to rattle through some of these because we've got absolutely loads of questions. So Adam O'Sullivan, could Origi step up this season as cover for the front three? Uh, as he's shown, he's a versatile player who can play out wider through the centre and prove he has the ability to score. Although consistency is the question. Yeah, um, uh, this is this is my, my my thinking very much on this is that there's a pecking order of strikers, or a shuffling of the deck of what of what we've got effectively. I can't remember where I said this the other day. It's irrelevant. We're not going to bring someone else in to play centre forward and out and out centre forward because we've got tons of those lads. Arigi's in that pack. I think we will keep, uh, given the promises we know that have been made to Brewster about him being part of the first team. I don't think we'll hold be holding four centre forwards mm-hmm. this this season. So Ings so, is probably likely to so go. Ings storage, gonna, maybe. Ings is gonna, so I think it's 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 Firmino Brewster. And then I think realistically it's one of Solanke, Origi or Sturridge. Okay. I, I agree with you. If we're playing 4-3-3, I would say if Klopp surprises us and maybe thinks about a formation for those lads who are sitting behind Firmino in the pecking order, you might see an, an extra body be kept along because mm-hmm. we just don't know what, whether we're going to see more of this uh, hybrid 4-4-2 formation, the 4-2-2-2, if you will. Yeah. And if that's the case, then Origi makes sense to keep him in there. Solanke makes sense to keep him in there. Even Sturridge makes sense to keep him in there. So really, for me, it depends on whether Klopp's going to play one up top or or not, I think Solanke is probably the only one who can play the one up top. Yeah, I think the, vers- the versatility of what we've of the players that we've got makes that is always makes that difficult because, as we know, we, we played for two 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 last season and we just put Salad and Firmino up front. In which um, case, you need a Shakiri or a Fakir or something like that to yeah, make that exactly. work. And, and that's the thing. I think you know. I think if we buy that's what Fakir is because Fakir goes into that into that pot into that mix of can play the attacking mid but can play in the front three as well. Which again, 
it makes it less likely that we're going to keep extra. But Origi could. My my gut feeling is I don't th- I don't think he can. But I I, I like Divock Origi. I, I like him as a footballer and I like him as a fella as well. And um, I hope he I hope he can because he come back to this. It's just a much better world where Liverpool develop the players that they've already Absolutely. bought than have to go out and buy other ones. Okay, uh, Mister Skiller seven hundred three says, "What order do you see the top six? I'm going to go and I've done this one and I've changed it actually since the last time I did it, which was I think two weeks ago. City, Liverpool, Spurs, United, Arsenal, Chelsea, and I've flipped Arsenal and Chelsea around because I can't believe this, but they still haven't sorted the manager out. Paul and the Conte thing is baffling. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely insane. Everybody knew last season." The Conte wasn't going to be the Chelsea manager this season. Everybody yeah. knew it was the worst kept secret yeah. in football, and yet somehow he's the Chelsea manager on the first day of pre-season. And not only that, but he's planning pre-season, and the guy from Napoli they're bringing over is planning pre-season for Chelsea as well. And he's supposed to be in the throngs of working out whether um, he can't go because he wants Napoli wants securities that he won't come in and raid their players. It's absolutely ridiculous, and because of that, Chelsea are just going to have one of them mad seasons, and they'll be back. They'll be back in the top four sooner than you think. But for me, right now, even with Arsenal's dead old signings, they've gone ahead of them in the pecking order. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I, I early shout. I, I I see no reason why Liverpool can't win the league this this season, and I, you know I, I always think Liverpool can win the league, but this is the season where. It's not a bit fanciful. It's not like a, if all the stars align kind of situation. I just think we're really good. So I I put Liverpool top. I think it will be City second. Take your pick third and fourth between Spurs and United. It wouldn't shock me if you know Mourinho's got form for imploding on his, in his third season. So that'll be that'll be delightful. Lovely. I would like I would like this season to be just a lot easier. I'd like top four to to close itself off a bit earlier this time around. So people are. But hopefully, if we look. Think back to thirteen, fourteen. Pardon me. Once we got past January, we were never even thinking about fifth place in the league. Mm. After them, when you're right, when you're in the top two, you're so far. You end up you end up quite far removed from that kind of thing. So it shouldn't hopefully be a concern for Liverpool. But I think fifth and sixth. Yes, again, take your pick. I don't think Arsenal will be as good as Arsenal fans think they're gonna all of a sudden magically be this season. And similarly with Chelsea, I would, I would, I would bank on Chelsea even with all the upheaval to still be better than Arsenal. Okay, uh, Jorge Lopez says, question for the pod guys: If you guys were to have some cereal, what would you put in the bowl first? Cereal or milk? I can't believe this is a genuine question. To be honest with you, Paul, I mean the answer is cereal. <laughs> Surely the answer is cereal. <laughs> Who, Who puts the milk in first? Right, please. Where do, where's your fill line on the milk? Do you know what I mean? And then you put your cereal, and then it goes over the. T- I mean, this is just this. This is ridiculous. I mean, Jorge, ridiculous. No, I, 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 I can honestly say I've never done. I've never done that before. I, I mean, I have. I have occasionally forgotten to put milk in. You know what I mean? There's the the, the complete opposite of that. But I wouldn't say like have. Have you forgotten to put the cereal in first ever? No, no because that's the. Friggin' but the whole I, point of it. But like people do it with tea, don't they? So people put the milk in first in that regard, which I think is just uh, look. Maybe look, look, some, look. I'm fine with putting the milk in first if you're brewing your tea in a pot. Okay, I'm absolutely fine with that. Right. But if you're brewing it in a cup, the hot water needs to hit the tea bag. 
Yeah. And therefore, the milk goes in second. But it's, it, I mean, it falls upon a similar sort of principle. It's like, it, it's just easier to gauge Don't mess how with much. The but it's easier to gauge how much milk you need once you know how much milk you need. You know what I mean? I th- I, it takes balls and bravado. Maybe there's just some very super analytical people who just are robotic in their oh, Well, you've got 250 ml of milk and 140 grams of cereal, and we're good to go. Yeah. But still, no, because what you want to do with your cereal and your milk is, and everybody will do this with a Weetabix, so this is the best example. You put your Weetabix in a bowl of milk, right, and the top's not wet, the sugar doesn't stick to it, it ends up in your milk and you can't taste it. So what you do is you put your Weetabix in the bowl, you then pour your milk on so that it gets a little bit sticky, and then you put your sugar over the top so you know exactly where your sugar is, so that every single friggin' mouthful has that little bit of sweetness that you want. Why would you ever do it another way? Okay, so it's a ridiculous question, Jorge. We're going to move on. Uh, we're going to move on. We've got a couple more questions. I'm going to do the rest of the questions that everybody sent in on the redmentv.com. It's £5 a month for your subscription. If you enjoy this content, then do support us over on the website. There's so much Liverpool content. There are some for your belter ears questions here eyes. as well, by the way. At Life of Gravy. If you were stuck in an island with the whole Redmen TV cast and ran out of food, who would be eating first? It's first me. of all, it's me. I'd, I'd be... I'm not sure that that's the right answer. But first of all, why would you be stuck in an island? Um, like it, like in Lost, maybe you're stuck in the hatch, okay, underneath, right in the bowels of it or something. Um, I'm going to change the question to if you were stuck on an island, okay, the whole Redmen TV cast and ran out of food, who would be eating first? And now, why would it be you? Because we, when we asked, we had this question about the Liverpool squad last year, and I picked Virgil Van Dijk because there's no point in eating like an Andy Robertson because you, you're just going to end up killing more Liverpool players. Whereas it stands to reason that I'm the biggest that you might get the most of. But I would contend that if it was down to a battle, then I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be the last man standing. But I definitely wouldn't be the first one. The first one to go down. I reckon I could. I could cause some severe life-threatening injury before I went. Before I went down. <laughs> it sounds like you're challenging us here. Um, I think. Just listen. I. I'm not sure. I. I wouldn't mind. You know. I think it's. It's a difficult question because I'm probably the fattest of everyone at the Red Men TV. That's probably not true. Okay. Um, I think you've got I'm the one juiciest of, legs. I'm, I'm one of the biggest. I would make a great like drumstick <laughs> or something like that, wouldn't I? Do you know I mean? Like a proper cartoon drumstick. Asterix and Obelix style. <laughs> and I think that's what you look. I think after a while, you'd all start looking at me like a pair of drumsticks. Yeah, like and that th- episode of The Simpsons. Exactly. On the, uh, and the I, think, on the I think it would be happening a lot quicker than you think. So I think it would be me that you'd want to take down. Um, also, but I. I I hazard to guess I'm the best swimmer though, and I, I reckon I could I could avoid you for a long time. Yeah, in the but water. if you yeah okay, we'll just when your body when you when your dead body floats back <laughs> to shore, we'll just you just do the work for us. But w- would it be? I mean, what I'd be quite comfortable. I mean, I'm not really. I I like my fruit and veg, like. But if there's like coconuts and all that types, I'm not into bounties or coconuts. You know what I mean? And plus, there are just a lot of hard work to get into. You'll see where I'm going with this. I wouldn't mind fattening one of the younger lads up. Or girls and and just getting them a little bit juicier on the shit food that I don't like and then eating them as meat. I'll be honest, Tom and Shy are getting into their mid twenties now. They're kind of naturally doing that for us. Filling out anyway. Well, you know they're not. They're, they're, their metabolisms are changing. They're Who not do you young, think would be the hardest guy to take down? Tom. I'm not. It's tough, but it's between Jamie and Tom for me. Yeah. Jamie'd be tough. He's a big lad as well. Like, I think Tom's got more fight in him than Jamie, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Tom is a, is a, is a gnarly little, a gnarly little bastard. So I think, judging by his defensive performances, mm. I think see Jamie's likely to make a mistake. Yeah, but he's, he's likely to get overconfident and make a mistake. <laughs> 
I think Tom would be very, very hard to track down. The only difficulty with Tom, as as I see it, as a cannibal looking at Tom, is is that you know, like chicken fucking um, feathers and shit are very difficult to get out. He's He's got a very wiry beard, and I'm not sure how that would. uh, And I'm not looking to eat his face anytime soon. Cheeks are nice to eat cheeks. Okay. Okay, we're moving on then. I really like this question. Novob Yibben Schnuv. Oh, man. I'm so sorry, mate. (laughs) I should have just used your Twitter that, which is masked Fafnir. Um, how does Paul have such wonderful hair? I'm glad that people think that's the case. It's just my hair, <laughs> like you know what I mean. It's just my hair. My dad's got lots of hair, and that's and I think that I'm lucky to have lots of hair. Past that, I can't tell you. I'll okay. Tell you more um, we're going to do some other questions now, but we are going to save them for the RedmanTV.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, do let us know via the medium of Twitter. If you're watching it on the website as a subscriber, leave your comments there as well. And don't forget to give us if you're on iTunes or any other podcast player a nice little five. Should we give rating, please. the audience a little teaser of what we're going to be answering over on the website? Let's do it then. Uh, if Liverpool stopped existing tomorrow, what would you do with your life? Would it be time for Payjack nudes? Will be one of them. Do you have a, you and your do you Chris and Paul have any wife versus football issues like normal chaps, or do you pass it off as work and do whatever football stuff you want? <laughs> and this is the reason that this is on the RedmenTV.com because my wife doesn't subscribe, and I know that her and her family listen to the podcasts. Uh, so we'll be answering that one on the RedmenTV.com. Uh, ching on all the family signing up for the RedmenTV.com subscriptions. <laughs> yeah. There, by the way. Uh, when we forget to answer that one and there's a, there is loads of more like Chris and Paul what would you do if your kids decided to support Everton or any of the Manchester club so yeah it really is uh, a good time to subscribe because uh, I've enjoyed myself here Paul thank you very mm-hmm. much for joining me uh, once again Jamie thank you for behind the camera and doing your thing and thank you all for listening it's been an absolute pleasure uh, and we'll see you at the back, back post Tell